You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Welcome back to Sprott Money News. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us as usual this fine Friday is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, happy Friday to you. Hey, happy Friday to you too, Craig. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of getting used to this uh, 2016 routine of ours where every week seems to be a good week, so... I'm looking forward to chatting about it. We're on a good run so far, aren't we? Hey, it was just uh, last Friday when we were visiting right after the U.S. employment report and prices were down, that prices reversed, charged higher. They came under pressure earlier this week, but again, charged higher overnight, all the way up to 1284. How do you feel about things at this point? Charts look pretty good. You feel uh, pretty good about our rally? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I think... Uh... My my uh, whole thought on what the the cartel tries to do is they know that a certain data point is coming out at a certain time, and and they know exactly when that minute is, and they know if they all act together, they're going to have a bigger impact in the market. Okay, so jobs is always a favorite day of theirs, and uh, of course the jobs number came out; it seemingly was good. Uh, it was up uh, two hundred forty two thousand last week, but when you actually read through the data and you found out the Hours worked were down. The wages were down. The net effect on employment income was negative, probably 0.5%. And anybody who wants to read through that stuff, and I can't believe I have to listen to economists who keep talking about how, how great the jobs market is, when, first of all, most of the jobs data is all uh, seasonal adjustments and the birth-death model and all that stuff, and yet the underlying data is so weak. And I think the market... Uh, the gold market sniffed it out that it wasn't a good report. And, of course, you know, not good report means uh, more printing of money. Well, of course, yesterday we get the EU, e- ECB coming out of the third, you know, reduction of the further the negative interest rates and more bond buying. I think and then initially gold went down. And next thing you know, it rallies by over $30. And uh, I think the, the, the cartel that tries to drive it down is getting stuffed. In fact, I like to see these sharp sell-offs in gold and then see what subsequently happens because I think these guys try to manufacture the market. It's not working. And, um, you know, they keep shorting it. And there's some point, Craig, I mean, we're at, we're at whatever it is, 1200 let's say close to 1270 bucks. These guys are starting to bleed money here. Mm-hmm. And if this thing carries on, we're talking serious amounts of money. We've probably got $50 billion of short positions in the metals. And, you know, you, you rally 1%. I mean, somebody lost $500 million. Yeah. $500 million is not chump change anymore. And we've had a over 20% rally in the price of gold now. Of course, all of our shorts weren't put on it below. But nonetheless, they're, they're starting to hurt here. It'll be interesting to see whether maybe they covered some of the shorts uh, this week when we get this abstinence caught before. Um, but somebody out there is hurting real bad being short the metals. When, when everyone in the world, now including North Americans, are benefiting uh, by the price going up. North Americans didn't see it before. Everyone else outside of North America saw it before because their currencies were weak. But now the, the North Americans are getting to experience that, or specifically the U.S. is getting to experience that. So now we have 100% of the world's population realize I'd be better off in gold than having my money in a bank or some bond or... So I think we're going to continue to see strong buying in gold. And by the way, all of this is with India. India jewelers basically being on strike and not even buying any gold. Wait till they come back in the market. 
That's true, too. Uh, and I want to ask you about that. But be- right before we get there, though, you mentioned the ECB yesterday and their negative interest rate policy. And now they're going to be buying corporate debt on in the eurozone. It's a lot like what's been going on in Japan. And now we've got the latest FOMC meeting coming up next week. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about that next Friday. But what do you expect? I don't. I can't imagine it'd be a rate increase. I just can't imagine it for one second. I mean, it would be. Normally, these central banks all work together, right? And and I thought the big twist in the ECB. And I'm not. And I haven't really studied that yet. And it's so tied up in board meetings and stuff like that. But it's to me like they're making some uh, some uh, way for the banks to profit on this negative interest rates. That uh, you know, if they give so many loans and they can borrow it and and receive money and. I, I think it's all meant to prop up the whole system. Of course, meant to prop up the banking system, mm-hmm. and of course now we're seeing today. You know, all of a sudden the European bank stocks are going up because we can kind of see the giveaway that the uh, ECB has made to try to make them profitable. So um, it's just more of the same. But I, I don't can't imagine that the Fed would raise rates here next week, and I I don't really think the fact that they don't raise them would cause gold to go up. Uh, as a single item, I think gold's just got its own momentum here. Uh, we had another, I think it was five or six tons overnight to the uh, to the GLD. Uh, we went through the analysis of how the GLD shed gold last year, and this year it's going to add a significant amount of gold. And you just can't have someone come in and buy an extra thousand tons of a four thousand ton market that was in balance and not have the price go up. So presuming that the ETFs are actually buying gold, which I'm always a little dubious of, yeah. um, the data supports the price going much higher here. It certainly does. And you mentioned the continued action in the GLD, uh, but we're also now starting to see some uh, silver, or at least allegedly see some silver flow into the SLV. I know you've got some interesting data you want to point out to everybody sure. on that. Sure. Well, we've had a number of days of twos and three million ounces, which quite frankly, is no money, right? We're only talking $30 right. million. Imagine if some of this money that was going into GLD went into the SLV. You know, we, we're, what do we get, like $8 billion a month going into the SLV? Well, when somebody buys 2 million ounces of gold, it's, it's like $30 million. And, and, and we only produce about 2.5 million ounces a day. So if the SLV keeps increasing by 2.5 million ounces a day, they have to theoretically buy all the silver that's produced which, of course, is entirely impossible. Uh, I probably should mention one other data point in silver, and that is, and I'm going to have to convert to tons now because uh, India reports in tons, but India reported that in December they bought over 1,000 tons of silver in the month, uh, which took their total to 8,500 tons for the year. Now, the silver market's only a 27,000-ton market. Uh, so you can imagine if somebody bought 1,000 tons a month times 12, yep. And they'd almost be buying half the silver market. And and three years ago, they bought a total of 2,000 tons. So whether you want to take the 2,000 tons to 8,500, which they bought this in 2015, that's an extra 6,500 tons also in a market that was in balance. And, and imagine if it continues at the rate of 1,000 tons. Well, my God, they'd be buying half the market, and they weren't even a factor three years ago. So you look at these silver... Uh, data points. You wonder how how are these guys keeping it together here? And, and I mean, obviously they're keeping it together by pressing a button and shorting silver. But even the silver shorts now about eight hundred and fifty million ounces. I mean, these guys just could get run right over 
um, if if the interest in coins and the interest in the SLV uh, just continues along the same vein that we've seen recently. So, I, of course, I've always thought silver would be more exciting than gold when when you get into a real um, precious metals market. That's always been my view. So it hasn't happened yet, but uh, we're starting to see some signs of it lately. And it seems that silver is getting a little bit of a push from some of the other commodities. Copper has been doing better. Crude seems to have rallied off the bottom. Uh, people are talking about commodities having turned the corner. I, I know you were at uh, the PDAC conference, which is, for those that aren't Canadian, that's the Prospectors and Developers Association of Canada. Uh, at that conference, did you sense, I don't know, kind of a, a sea change, a, li- a little better feel here in 2016 than there's been? Well, I don't, I don't specifically go to the conference, but because our offices are in Toronto, I see a lot of people from the conference okay. uh, that, that visit with us and socialize with us and things like that. So I think, well, there's a lot of excitement about precious metals. And I, I'm a little bit um, reluctant to go into the base metal play. And the only logic I can see for the base metal play, I don't think it's supply demanding. I think it might simply be, I want to I own something real rather than a piece of paper. Uh, because of all these currency, uh, all the currency volatility we see. But uh, certainly the mood in the uh, precious metal sector was quite upbeat. Uh, you and I have discussed before how, you know, a small change in the gold price, $100 change in the gold price, could maybe add 33% to a, to a gold company's earnings. So the, there's a lot of leverage here if, uh, if this trend keeps going. So, yes, it was... Uh, quite exciting. We haven't had the fallout from PDAC that a lot of people uh, always worry about, sort of the curse of PDAC. I don't really, right. didn't happen because I think the gold stocks mm. hit, a, hit another new high yesterday. So I would say we're through that part of it, okay? And um, all the underlying seems pretty good to, to me. Well, let's just, I, and one last question in that regard. Uh, we talk about silver. You great points about the silver demand, the, the just at the retail demand, the international demand, everything else, but yet the price is struggling here around 1550, 1560. And when we look at some of the miners, I mean, you could pick off any of those uh, junior or primary silver miners. They've more than doubled off the bottom, even on this $1 price move. Are the mining shares indicating uh, an imminent breakout in the price upward? What do you think of that idea? I think the mining shares are uh, sort of on um, hyperspeed uh, because we realize there's this huge buildup of uh, physical demand when there's this huge short position in the paper market, and we all know it can explode quickly. And what's the best way to play silver going up? Well, the best way to play it is through the miners, right, because you get leverage. And yeah, when I look at the silver page and some of the stock moves, I was seeing 15s and 20s and 10s, yes, they're 10% moves. Um, you know, and, and of course, now we also have one other thing I probably should mention. We're getting a lot of takeovers in this space here, right? Yep. Not just silver, but the smaller, the junior miners, we've had a number. Every second or third day, we get a takeover offer in, in, this, uh, in this area. So we're shrinking the pool of, uh, of available names. And... Um, I just think the market, the market, the stock market normally will move, will, will give you the clue as to what's going to happen to gold. Because, you know, as somebody says, how would you play it? Well, I'd say, go and buy silver equities. That's what I do. If silver's going to go up a lot, I'd be buying the equities. Because they'll give you three to four to five times the move in the silver price. So that's why I've always thought, man, we could see, we've already seen a 100% move in less than two months. 
God forbid that silver and gold break out because the excitement in the stocks would just be would be truly. It's already been dramatic, but it would it would go into hyperdrive here. Well, we're off to a good start this year, no doubt about it. That would make these calls even more fun, Eric. Uh, in the meantime, I I sure look forward to talking to you next week because next week sure looks to be a rather eventful one. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun, and uh, I hope we can keep our string going. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun so far this year. Well, thanks, my friend, and have a great weekend. And to uh, everyone that's listening, thank you for listening, and have a great weekend, too. And uh, we'll be back next week to see how things go. Thanks, Eric. Okay, Craig, all the best to you. Thanks. Thanks.